0: Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Paul and
1: Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a
0: love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, my friend. How are you doing today? Doing oh, pretty good. How about you? Yeah, not bad. It's a, it's a little chilly, but yeah. we, it's also December, so... Surprise, surprise. That's the right time for it. Yeah. I, I you were tried to leave the house when we went to go take Grace into school this morning without a jacket, mm-hmm. just short sleeves. I go, nah, bro. I said, go grab, a, I said, go grab a hoodie or something. Yeah. I said, no. And then as soon as he got on the car, I was like, I said, you glad you grabbed it, aren't you? He's like, yeah. I said, yeah, man. I said, the days of walking out the house without at least a hoodie or a jacket are gone, at least until, you know, March, maybe April. So, true. Yeah,
1: it's looking almost like last Monday, only there's no flurries in the sky.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. But I... uh, Yeah, so... um, But yeah, so we're... Yeah, I guess we're good. York had a good... Had a great birthday. So we... uh, He had a nice little trip uh, to the cabin and got to spend some good R&R and now he's having to make up (laughs) <laughs> now he's It's sinking in He's having to make up All that schoolwork That he didn't do It's like it's not One of those things That just disappears He's now having to play catch up Crunch so time Crunch time <laughs> it is So he's He got quite a bit done Uh last night He still has some more to do But He'll get it done Uh Yeah All's good here Uh Kind of funny I uh When I was looking for Different things to watch For this week Mm-hmm. And you know how I've pretty much been covering like different cult movies and everything, or shows, and been watching all that, or listening on audiobook. HBO didn't disappoint because <laughs> they finished with Nexium and like, oh, you like that? Well, you'll love this. And uh, released a new doc, new docu series, four four episode uh, docu series on the Heaven's Gate cult from okay. the nineties. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm halfway through that because <laughs> why not? I was like, yo, yeah, you know me. <laughs> so of course, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I'm going through that. It's pretty interesting because there's a lot of stuff in it that you know when all this kind of came out in the '90s, they didn't really they didn't cover. And so like how, but like most of it's just like you know just these weird tapes and everything and. Uh, they didn't cover the fact that they've been around at least not to my at least not from when I remember. Right. Um, they didn't cover that this has been going on since like the 1970s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this cult's been around since like the 70s. But apparently, you know, hard to keep up when there were a lot of cults around in the 1970s. Um, so it was an interesting time. So, but yeah, no, so far it's pretty good. You know, pretty good uh listen to them trying and figure out the rationale of you know this your body's just a, a vehicle until it you know until it ascends and it's time to leave to go to another plane or whatever and right. hop on a comet. <laughs> hop on a comment with your white Nikes. So
1: There you
0: go. <laughs> and guess what? They also had a uniform too with a patch and everything. I said Wow I was like right out of my right out of my idiots guide. <laughs> they were official <laughs> they were official they had a uniform
1: <laughs> um let see as far as this week for me has been rather it's normal just going to work and you know just the normal day-to-day busy busy this of work um my daughter they finally moved to her house this week so okay. they're still getting settled in there uh she said it's kind of weird you know gotta get adjusted to the new house and yeah. you know but otherwise everything's good Okay. Um, I recently listened to a, a book called Brutal that um our coworker Cynthia Stevens she passed on to me. It's kind of okay. like a young adult book, and I was listening to it over the last week, and it's actually pretty decent. It's probably the first audiobook I completed.
0: <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, a lot quicker than actually reading it myself. <laughs> um, would you like to know how many audiobooks I've listened to in three weeks? Probably several. <laughs> uh, thinking about six. Thinking six. about six audiobooks. I'm currently in the middle of listening to um listening to uh why am I drawing a blank? Oh my god. Oh James Mattis, the uh the, the former and general who led a lot of battles and um uh, during the Gulf Wars and through basically Bush one and Bush two, and it hasn't, it doesn't really get into his. Or at least I'm about three quarters of the way through, and it hasn't talked at all about his time in the, um, as defense secretary. Um, but it's still fascinating, fascinating book. True, true hero, true uh, leader, and uh, very, very interesting read. Um, to go with that, though, I've had. I can't, I lost track how many parts, <laughs> but I still haven't finished the Colt one yet, the Jonestown uh, Massacre one, because yeah. all these other ones keep coming up in my queue, and I'm like, I got to listen to it now, otherwise, it's going to be another two months before I can get get it back, because there's so many people on the wait list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I listened to that one, I listened to the Mary Trump one, because I was curious, and it talks more about the family itself than it does about the president. Which it, but it gives you a lot of insight to how it, he is the way he is um, and functions. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And it's good for no matter what your political affiliation is, just an interesting insight into that family. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I did listen to the Woodward book because he's still one of my favorite journalists. Um, some interesting things in there. A lot of stuff had already been covered in his previous book and let's see what else brian steltzer's book on fox on the fox news corporation and just how that place functions and a lot of good interviews with the uh, that he conducted with people that worked there or had worked there and really gives a lot of interesting insight into how that news corporation functions so it's not bad i mean it's easy to read uh yeah, let's yeah. see on the shadow war which is about um basically the war between i mean just the shadow war between russia iran israel god in the u.s just a lot of covert stuff you know foreign relations very interesting uh also i tried starting brad Meltzer's new book or newest book the weekend conspiracy but as much as i love him so much one of my favorite authors um, and comic book writers as well, um, it was just hard for me to like really sink my teeth into. So I guess I'm kind of more on the non-fiction kick at the moment because I, yeah. I can pay attention but not pay attention, you know, and right. not really feel like I'm missing too much. And if I do, I'll rewind it. Whereas with fiction, you really kind of have to pay attention or else you might get lost. So that's sure. kind of where I'm at. And I've, I already forgot a couple other books I've listened to. But, yep, that's uh, been occupying my time. Yay! but uh yeah man, um <clears throat> so I guess we ought to get into it, man. You get to go first today. yep, yep, all right,
1: so <clears throat> first movie is a movie I've not watched before. it's a Christmas movie, um one of the I guess c s l managers on. On the floor I work was talk we were talking about, we always talk about movies we've watched. Yeah. And he let me know about this movie that him and his wife watched. Uh it's a Disney's version of a Christmas Carol, but it's the one starring Jim Carrey. Okay. And um so the way he talked about it kinda got my interest. So I was like, you know, at that time I didn't really know what I was gonna watch this week at all. all right. I, and so I said, Okay, I'll go home and watch this. First night I tried to watch it, I was tired. I I kind of fell asleep on it. But I try. I watched it the next day. But uh, this came out November 6, 2009. Uh it has a runtime of an hour and 36 minutes. And the director is Robert Zemeckis, who okay. we know from Back to the Future trilogy, yep. Forrest Gump, uh, The Witches, which recently came out this year, which I haven't watched, but
0: Man, I want to. <laughs> no interest.
1: Um, it looked like a fun movie. But...
0: Did it
1: uh um, okay, sorry. The, 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 the had a budget uh, between uh, 175 and 200 million, and it happened. It, it brought in 325 million, so it's not too bad. And you have Jim Carrey playing eight roles, playing
0: so, Ghost like, Christmas. Well, Jim, so Jim Carrey yeah.
1: playing a normal role. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, he plays all the ghosts from past, present, okay. and future. Then he plays the different roles of Scrooge. Current version: younger, middle adult, and young adult. You have Gary Oldman plays Bob Cratchit, Colin Firth plays Scrooge's uh, nephew Fred, Bob Hoskins plays Mr. Fizzywig, interesting name. Uh, Robin Wright Penn plays Fan. Uh, Carrie Ells also has multiple roles, but you know, (laughs) see, then you have. Hmm. Fionnula Flanagan plays Miss Dilber, which is uh, basically Scrooge's maid. And um, this is Disney's adaptation of uh, Charles Dickinson's 1843 story of the same name. Everything is computer generated animation. And for the time, I think it was pretty, pretty decent. Um, again, it was produced through the process of motion capture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, previously, used in Polar Express and the movie Beowulf. And kind of capture Jim Carrey pretty well because he has a lot of mannerisms that show up. What the hell you say? (laughs) Um, I'm glad he's trying something new. (laughs) Right. Uh, This is uh, Disney's third adaptation of The Christmas Carol. First, uh, you got Mickey's Christmas Carol from 83 and then The Muppet Christmas Carol from 92.
0: Both really good versions in their own way.
1: Yeah, and so basically, you know the story. You know, Scrooge is this negative ball of energy towards everyone he encounters. He's selfish, narcissistic, all about money, just doesn't care about anybody, and it's Christmas time, and he's kind of, you know, his normal amped up by humbug and all that. Um, so it starts off showing him signing the deed, because, you know, he has a partner, um, uh, Jacob Marley. kind of starts off with his passing and everything but um of course you know fast forward he gets visited by that ghost of jacob marley telling him he's going to be visited by three ghosts and in the movie it says it's going to take place over three days but you know it all happens in one night okay but um i'll say the creepiest thing was the first ghost of christmas past which is just a, a candle with the flame and it's like a disembodied head of Jim Carrey in it. It's, okay. it's, it's creepy. It's creepy, and mm-hmm. he's like talking with a whisper. So. And it's just. Supposedly get nightmares. That was that was kind of it's it's kind of got a creepy edge to it. You know, I guess uh, it's a family movie, but it does right. have haunting images.
0: Well, and that's one one thing I was going to ask you is, you know, what would you say the age range is for this film, if um. um if our listeners were wanting to, have, you know, to watch it with their kids if they hadn't already seen it, because we have, yeah. I we haven't watched it.
1: Let's see. I mean, as far as the the haunting images, you know, I don't think real young kids who watch, they maybe five and maybe five or six or younger probably shouldn't, because they'd probably be okay. scared from some of the imagery. At least that first that first, yeah, ghost. That, that was just, to me, it creeped me out. I laughed too, but it was creepy right. too. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and you know, like maybe. Ten up would be
0: cool.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. Of course, the movie wasn't really received well. But um, for me, I, I enjoyed it. I thought everything up to the point of Christmas past, ghosts showing up. Yeah. I enjoyed, but everything after that, it kind of teetered in and out of interest. So it kind of fell apart. I guess I think it's more because you know you know the story, and right. after a while, the CGI elements kind of kind of wear off and it's just like okay but it's cool jim carrey has his little um when he gets when he gets told he's gonna be visited by three ghosts you know his character responds like i'd rather not you know yeah. it's it, it just it's funny there's a lot of a lot of uh slick humor in there um overall it was okay you know it wasn't it wasn't a terrible experience but um it was just you know it's christmas carol yeah. the cgi animation with uh jim carrey so I just give it like it's a cool. It was, it was cool.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, the next movie or episode. Uh, this is episode three from Small Axe called Red, White, and Blue. Uh, this released December fourth. Uh, it's an hour and twenty minutes. Again, directed by Steve McQueen. <clears throat> yeah, it stars John Boyega, uh, Steve Chassant, uh, Joy Richardson. Neil Meskell, uh Stephen Boxer, Antonia Thomas, and Asad Zaman. Uh, it's basically a story based on true events about Leroy Logan, who joined the London Metropolitan Police in an attempt to reform the police from within. Okay. So it starts off showing young Leroy standing outside of school waiting for his dad mm-hmm. to pick him up. Uh, of course, his dad's late, and he has a couple of London police approach him And does like a stop and search on him because, you know, they've had some robberies and whatnot. And you have this kid, that kid in uniform, standing outside of school who looks suspicious, of course. But uh, while there's such a stuff arrives and, you know, basically has them put a stop to what they're doing because it's ridiculous with him being a kid sent out of school. Why would he be suspicious? Um, But Leroy grows up to work in science and he wants to be he wants to work in the department of forensics okay but he has a friend that tells him you know that he'd be a good fit a better fit as being a beat cop more so than working in forensics because he just has the i guess the personality the the. it's almost like with me like with working for our department yeah when i first started people were like you know you'd be perfect for this you know why don't you apply and And I just know for me, I just realized it wasn't for me, you know, I I observed everybody, you know, it's not for everybody. Exactly. But he decides to change from being forensics to be a beat for the beat position. And he goes his motivation for it was he witnessed his dad being roughed up by the cops when he was a kid. And he kind of feels like if he can become part of the force, maybe he can inspire change. So people won't be, you know, as discriminated, discriminative as they are towards people during his time um he goes through the academy and everything flying colors he ends up being like one of the top officers pretty much the best right. and, and but of course he's on his probationary period but he starts you know feeling the backlash of his decisions they're doing patrol in the neighborhood and he's getting called all kind of things from people that used to i guess kind of see him as a equal now they're thinking he's sell out and you uh-huh. know yeah call him everything um <clears throat> he even tries reaching out to one one youth who's um goes to this community center and he plays the piano but every time he comes around him, everybody just pretty much scatters don't want to listen to him you know yeah. um but um of course with and then his dad later experiences um being assaulted by police because he parked his work truck in the street. Even though it was clearly off to the side and not impeding traffic, they still kind of rough him up. And that further fuels his his, uh, his motivation to try to create change. Um he even has a situation where they have a criminal that um that basically was trying to rob someone and takes off running. He calls for backup and nobody shows. He takes down this person on his own, even though the guy kind of got the drop on him, beat him up a little bit. He does eventually take him down, but nobody shows up. And even though there were officers in the area, you know, it's just, he he sees the situation he's in basically, you know, it's like no matter what he's trying to do, um, this is what he's going to have to deal with. But um, the person, uh, as far as Leroy Logan himself, he actually ended up serving 30 years as London police officer from 83 to 2013, which he retired and currently has a book out called Closing Ranks. My Life as a Cop, which released in September. Uh, the only thing I'd say about this episode that I didn't like is how it kind of had an abrupt ending. It didn't really have a, a true conclusion. It just kind of mm-hmm. ended. And But overall, everything else in, in the middle was strong. John Boyega with his showing off his acting talents and pretty much everybody in this did, did well as far as their performance. It's just that abrupt ending. Yeah. Just kind of, it was a letdown. What did you but, um,
0: maybe I missed it. What year did you say this was taking place?
1: I just said the 80s. He didn't have a, a yeah. particular of course he joined in 83 so I say so between 80 and 83. post Serpico. <laughs> <No, no. laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's just surprising. And then it, also he was the founding member of the Black Police Association in London. And he was also a part of his chair. Okay. And did that all the way up until he retired in
0: 2013. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have to check that one out. I like that one.
1: So far that whole series has been been pretty good. Let's see. And then after watching that, I decided to go back to the movie that put John Boyega on the map of acting, (laughs) Attack the Block. I had never watched it like I'd always heard about it, but I never sat down and and checked it out.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think York and his mom watched it not fairly recently.
1: Yeah,
0: it's a great movie.
1: It wasn't what I, I wasn't expecting. Like I just went in completely even though I watched the trailer, I still went in yeah. just cold. Don't, huh? know, don't know what to expect. But um it released May eleventh, twenty eleven, and it has a runtime of an hour and twenty eight minutes. Directed by Joe Cornish. And it didn't do too well with the box office. It had a box had a budget of thirteen million, brought in six point two million. Which, you know
0: Well the marketing on it was terrible. Yeah. Over here for sure. Um from what I remember.
1: Yeah. But um stars Jody Whitaker, uh John Boyega, Alex Ismail, Franz Drama Drame, uh Simon Howard, Luke Treadaway, and uh Jermaine Hunter, who I recently mentioned in the last small Axe episode, Lovers yeah. Rock appeared there. And then Nick Frost. And basically it's about a teenage gang in South London who defends their block from an alien invasion, according to IMDb. Uh, this is a film debut for the director, Joe Cornish, Boyega, and for the music composer, Stephen Price. Um, <clears throat> so these events take place on Guy Fawkes Night, which is an annual commemoration observed on uh, November 5th. In the United Kingdom, celebrating the failed attempt on King James the I's life. They uh, have five teenage hoodlums, Pest, Dennis, Jerome, Biggs, and their leader, Moses. They rob Sam Adams, well, Samantha Adams. About, I shorted Sam Adams, but I thought about the beer.
0: Yeah. Samuel
1: Adams. <laughs> um, but she's a, a young nurse starting out, but they're a robber of her belongings, and in the middle of that, a meteorite crashes on a car nearby, and then, of course, she flees. And Moses goes to investigate the car, because, like, oh, it's a nice car, it must have some valuables in it, and then a creature jumps out, attacks him, and scratches him on the face. What what, what I liked about this is, like, you know, situations like this as teens, they probably get scared, run home, hide. Nah, they... they Moses like, no, nah, I'm going to find this thing, and I'm going to kill it. Yep. <laughs> and so they, they they actually go after it. They corner it, and they use... um fireworks to kind of i guess freak it out a little bit and then moses goes in and takes care of it and um i just I, I don't know i laughed and was kind of amazed by it because if i was a kid i wouldn't want anything to do with that thing i'd be hot telling right. out of there but but now nah, they're like nah you know it's our block we're about yeah. to take <laughs> them out <laughs> kill them and um so they want to they I feel like it has like value to it, so they want to take it someplace safe to hide it. So they got a guy named Ron who has a weed room, and um, everybody that they encounter with it, they think it's like a puppet, because you know it's like something straight out of Jim Henson's. Yeah, uh, puppet puppet shop, but um, but doing this, they encounter further invasion because other aliens drop down, that are much bigger, more menacing and scary than the one they previously encountered, and. Now it just becomes a, a race for survival, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: But even though when they, what, it was weird though. Even though they saw that happen, they still were like, we need to go out and kill these things. But then when they notice how big they are, it's like, okay, we can't, we we can't do this. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But um, it's, it's a lot of action, sci-fi. Some, it's got humor. It's got like a balance of everything basically. Yeah. Everything. Um, let's see. <clears throat> You got, um, I guess it's a drug leader, High Hats, who um, pretty much hires Moses to, guess, to sell some of his product. But, um, of course, you know, with his being London, the cops, uh, well, no, no, Sam actually goes to the cops and they're riding around in a van and she spots them as they're running away. And they end up taking um, Moses in their custody, basically. But of course you got these these real scary monsters running around. They take them out, and then they're forced to kind of team up with Sam, who's reluctant to do so because you know why would you want to team up with someone that just robbed you, right? Not moments earlier, but um you know they kind of realize this is a much bigger situation than than that, and they work together you know to try to see if they'll if they all survive from this. Um, another couple of characters in there that I kind of got a, got a kick out of was um. Two young kids called probs and mayhem
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh they were they were cool little characters there um but yeah i thought it was a pretty good sci-fi with humor elements and comedy great performances from everybody um even though it wasn't well received due to the marketing of it but it's definitely one worth to check out yeah it's for sure
0: it's a it, as i would you know as i would refer to it it's a hidden gem like yeah. you know if you don't know about it you come across it and you're like oh my god this movie's right. amazing yes and yeah and then you're like i got to go tell everybody now because <laughs> yes. i don't feel enough people know it hence word of mouth um so the director joe cornish had also he wrote this but he also wrote then which voice stars simon pegg and nick frost in it. and then he also wrote or did the screenplay for ant-man and he wrote and directed the kid who would be king from last year which I don't know how that is. I might go check I forgot it out about that. Yeah. Right. When it yeah. came out, like, yeah, uh-uh. but now that it's out, I'm, I'm know it's on the streaming service somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'll probably, I might seek it out. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll watch it for family movie night or something. Who knows? Um, but yeah, he's done some other stuff. He's only directed two things, but he's written, he has got like 16 writing credits. Cause he also wrote for TV as well. <clears throat> all right i guess it's my turn sure. all right so first up for me um i saw that uh released on hbo max dun, 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 um melissa, melissa mccarthy's new movie super intelligence had dropped so i decided to watch it, it came out november 20th of this year uh, with a runtime of one hour, 46 minutes. Uh, right. Stars Melissa McCarthy, Bobby Cannavale, Brian Tyree Henry, Sam Richardson, uh, Melissa McCarthy's husband, Bill, Ben Falcone, who also co wrote and directed this movie, uh, Michael Beach, Rachel T. Cotton, Jessica Sinclair, Karan Sony, Gene Smart, who plays the president. Octavia Spencer, William Daniels. Like, it's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like a huge, huge cast. Yeah. So it's a sci fi rom com, I guess is the best way to kind of give an idea of how to categorize it. Right. Uh, basically, what happens is an all powerful superintelligence chooses to study uh, Melissa McCarthy's character, Carol Peters uh the fate of the world hangs in the balance so as the ai decides to enslave or save or destroy humanity it's up to carol to prove that people are worth saving so basically cuz i still haven't watched jexy i can't really compare it but yeah. basically this ai takes over her the 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 ai finds out that uh carol's favorite I guess, actor slash comedian is James Corden. So it decides, in order to be non-threatening and more inviting, you know, for her to talk to, mm-hmm. the AI chooses the voice of James Corden. So, of course, it's actually James Corden doing the voice of the superintelligence throughout the entire okay. movie. So it's his voice throughout the movie. Um, so, yeah, he he's trying to decide whether or not to help humanity or just destroy it, you know, by shutting down everything and uh basically just sending the world into you know to apocalyptic doom more or less by shutting everything down, ruining everything. So is that um the only way that but she's he's using her as like a case study. And through through messages and different things, um, Decides that they're going that she needs to get back together with her ex-boyfriend from like two years ago or something like that, who's played by Bobby Cannavale, who's a professor at the college. This takes place in Seattle. He's a professor at the college, but is about to leave in three days to do a what do they call that? When they go somewhere else, it's not sabbatical, but a uh, draw a blank. Basically, he's going to go over and study over in Ireland for essentially like a semester or whatever. Okay. For a year. No, a year. For a year. And teach. Um, and so uh, he's so he, she's got three days basically to rekindle things and try and work things out. Because she hated the way they left, basically how she broke things off, and so he, she has to do all of that to try and basically save humanity, <laughs> more or less. She okay. has to fix, she has to fix it to show that you know it's worth saving, and that basically love, you know, and all of that really is still, you know, there's still decency and good things going on, and not everything's just full of shit, more or less. Love conquers all... Uh, pretty much, more or less, <laughs> yeah. you know. But, you know, the AI basically gets her a new place, you know, because he can do anything. So it's almost like a genie. So the genie basically makes, you know, the AI genie, more or less, mm-hmm. um, you know, puts like $10 million in her bank account. She has wow. a new place, you know, it's fully furnished. She gets, you know... Gets a new car, which is a Tesla that just automatically drives because the AI is driving it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. it's. But it's up to her. So all those things, and what she's kept saying, she doesn't need any of that. She's fine. She doesn't need any of that. She's happy with what she, what she has and all that. Yeah. But that didn't really change. The AI can understand it. So it's happening whether she wants it or not. And then, um, but it's up to her to try and prove everything so uh brian, T- brian tyree henry plays dennis who is like her best friend who works at microsoft and she lets him in on what's going on and the ai was okay with that um because essentially the more people that know the more uh more for friends that know that are in on it the more likely good things will happen i guess is a good way to put it um mm-hmm. But what happens is, is that Brian, uh, Tyree, Henry's character, Dennis goes to the government to talk about it, you know, to basically yeah. spill the beans. Yeah. And, uh, so then like the countdown begins type of thing, you know, we have to stop it. Blah, blah. So the government's spying on her. Um, Sam Richardson plays one of the agents, uh, Ben Falcone, her husband, real life husband plays the other agent. And it's, it's there's a lot of good humor in this. It's smart in trying to be a romantic comedy, but also deliver a social commentary about how we rely too much on technology right now and how technology is basically where it's done a lot of good things it's also done you know it's also been able to produce a lot of harmful things such as trying to, um, you know, basically like social media, you know, where it can be positive until it's not. <laughs> so, right. you know. True. And true. basically technology is kind of the same way, you know, just the use, our reliance on it is, is a bit, you know, we need to, it's okay to have it and appreciate it, but also to kind of understand that we.
1: Got to find that balance. It,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. About a good healthy balance. Yeah. So, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. Um, it was smart. It, it, it uh, yeah. And it was an easy watch. I mean, it was just fun watch. It's. Um, this is uh, Ben Falcone's first PG movie, even though it's on HBO Max. Just how it got released is not. Um, his last three. Let's see, Tammy and the Boss were both rated R, and. Um, God, one that yeah, know what the other one was uh was p g thirteen uh the last time that uh Bobby Cannavale and most McCarthy both worked on spy together back in 2015 which if you have not watch that that's actually a fun watch that's one of those I just ended up watching one day and actually really enjoyed it and was actually pleasantly surprised so if you haven't watched spy yet that's actually a pretty fun watch. Jason Statham's playing Jason Statham, but in a comedic way. But in a comedic way. And so it's yeah. great. It's just, yeah. It's it's good. So if you don't watch that, I'd... Uh, Life of the Party. I remember watching that one. That one's PG-13. That one's actually kind of a cute movie, too. Um, But I love Melissa McCarthy. I was actually just thinking last week how much I kind of missed... How much I really kind of miss her Sean Spicer impression. and <laughs> wish she would bring it back. Just yeah. for something. I don't even care what. But like I always just busted up laughing because it was just so over the top and just ridiculous, and it always just made me laugh. And I was just like, I really kind of missed that. <laughs> I wish they were bringing back. So, but oh well. Um, go back and rewatch them on YouTube, I guess. Uh, but no, this is overall it's a very cute movie. I would I would definitely recommend um, if you have HBO Max, you know, to watch this very cute comedy. Um, let's see here. What do I got next? Oh, our not really family movie night. Cause we watched it during the day and York wasn't here, which is one of the reasons why we did watch it because I didn't think he would be interested at all. Um, we watched, hold on, just one second. uh, yesterday, Grayson and I watched Godmothered on, uh, Disney plus. I wanted to watch this because I absolutely love Jillian Bell. Um, if anybody remembers from last year after Thanksgiving, I watched, uh, ended up watching, uh, Brittany runs a marathon. That was, on, that's on Amazon prime, which I still love. And if you haven't watched it, you really should. It's super cute and fun. Um, so this time around, she stars as Eleanor, who's studying to be a fairy godmother. uh, June Squibb, who's been in a bunch of things. If you looked up her filmography, you'd be like, oh, I know exactly who you are talking about. Plays Agnes. Um, Jane Curtin, who I hadn't seen in a while, um, stars as Moira, who's kind of, I guess, the villain. Um, she's like the head... Headmaster, I guess, is a better way to put it, as far as, like, teaching fairy godmothers. So she's yeah. kind of the villain. Um, and then... um. Iowa fisher plays mackenzie who's the girl that basically 10 years ago asked for her fairy godmother to help her with this boy she liked but the letter never got answered so she then takes it upon herself to then as a mission because she feels that if you know they don't actually start doing things that they're going to the godmothers will be, you know, nobody's gonna stop believing, you know, everyone stop believing, so right. So not gonna be any use for them. What are they gonna do after that? And they don't live in their own motherland, so to speak. Um, so she has to break through the barrier or through the portal or whatever. And then it, a lot of it is kind of like a fish out of water type of movie. Mm-hmm. So she's having to learn what a phone is, what a car is, because the the world in which the godmothers live in is basically like stuck in like the sixteen hundreds more or less. You know, so it's more medievalish but in the fairy kind of way. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Disney Disney fairy kind of way. So they uh so yeah, so there she has to get to Boston, which is where Mackenzie lives, and they have to go meet up with her and so she can help her and basically fulfill her her duties as a godmother, as a fairy godmother. Because if they don't, you know, if she doesn't complete this, they'll become tooth fairies, and she does not want to be a tooth fairy. So, um, it's a very super cute movie. She, you know, she eventually finds McKenzie, who works as a producer at a local TV station that has very poor ratings. And so, they kind of sensationalize a bunch of things that are otherwise kind of just humdrum stories and in order to kind of boost the ratings. So then uh, when Eleanor arrives, you know, magic ensues because she's trying to help her. Um, Mackenzie thinks she's just a wacko, you know, but uh, ends up taking her in cause she ends up in for a day, just one day and ends up forming a bond really. Cause they, she ends up finding, or showing her the letter in which she wrote. And then they do a couple of things. She performs some magic, more or less, to prove that she is for real. Right. And then, yeah, it's, it's a bunch of comedic series of events. Um, Mara comes to try and take her back to their world. You know, she needs to come back for schooling and all that. And then she, you know, Eleanor proves how people can start believing if you just inspire them, more or less. And yeah, but and then this takes place during Christmas time. So, in the same way that I would argue that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I shall also argue with that Godmothered is a Christmas movie because Christmas is a character in this. All right. so it, But it's super cute, super good. I don't think boys are going to really like it too much. I'll give it that. I enjoyed it because I thought the acting was great. I, I absolutely love Julian Bill. Um, to me, she can't do any wrong. Uh, she was great in this. Uh, someone had posted, when I posted the trailer yesterday, that it reminded them of the movie, the Disney movie Enchanted with mm-hmm. uh, Amy Adams. It has some of those elements in there. So if you liked enchanted, you will definitely like this. If you haven't seen it, I've only seen parts of it. Um, but this movie is super cute. Uh, girls of all ages will like this, I think, because it's it's a fun movie. But boys will not. I mean, that's, I'll just go with that. And yeah, if yeah. if I'm wrong, great. I want to be wrong, because um, I think everybody should like this movie. But I definitely really enjoyed it. There's a lot of great humor. The some sometimes the fish out of water stuff kind of it lands most of the time. Sometimes it's just like eye roll kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So grain of salt and all that. Um, but try not to get too bogged down in that and just enjoy watching it because it's just a fun movie, um, especially this time of year. Lord knows there's worse things to watch. <laughs> Sure. But I really enjoyed it. Um, and I was glad I watched it. Grayson liked it too. So there we go. Six-year-old seal of approval on that. <laughs> um, let's see. Lastly, I have a blast from the past type of movie. Um, I was looking for some. So I've been wanting to watch something like an older movie, not like like my older, but because I've got plenty of those. I still need that I have on a cute to watch, but I've been wanting to watch more movies from the 70s, because there's a lot of great conspiracy theory, not conspiracy theories, but like, espionage type movies, and thrillers and stuff like that, that I feel like I haven't, like I don't know about, which you know, I know a decent amount, but 70s movies, for whatever reason, I'm not, like, knowledge is not very well versed in and i'm trying to i guess fix that and so i'm through doing that i i came across i'm trying to remember where i watched it I think it might have been hbo i don't i'm not exactly sure um i watched the 19 this movie is as old as i am uh from 1977 capricorn one it's a pg-13 it's a runtime of two hours three minutes it stars acting legends Elliot Gould, James Brolin, Sam Waterson, and some guy named O.J. Simpson. It yeah. also stars Hal uh, Hallbrook and Telly Savalas. Well, I don't remember in there. Huh. Uh, Dave Huddleston, David Doyle. I mean, just a bunch of actors that used to be in a lot of movies around that time. And, yeah. It was directed by... Peter Hames, who also directed Outland, uh, 2010, and Time Cop, End of Days, <laughs> like a bunch of movies. Uh, so basically, the movie's about uh, Charles Brubaker, is, who's an, uh, an astronaut leading NASA's first man mission to Mars. Seconds before the launch, the entire team is pulled from the capsule and the rocket leaves Earth unmanned, much to Brubaker's anger. The head of the program explains that the life support and that NASA can't afford the publicity of a scathed mission. The plan is to fake the Mars landing and keep the astronauts at a remote base until the mission is over. But then-investigative journalist Robert Caulfield, played by Elliot Gould, Uh, starts to suspect something so yeah so the astronauts are basically stuck at like this underground bunker type thing and then they go over to this warehouse where they've pretty much set up a fake moon landing and with a real like landing capsule whatever they call those (laughs) and uh, and then another one where they had to sit in there and you know whenever they're whenever they have uh, whenever they can make contact with their families to talk to them, they have to actually sit in this capsule and pretend like they're actually in space talking to them. Because they can't tell anybody. Yeah. Okay. So it's a it's pretty crazy business is what it is. Yeah. So what happens is on their return landing, because the plan was whenever the after the mission is over, then they come back. When the capsule lands in the water, they're going to get there first before the before the uh, before NASA, you know, the NASA crew comes to to get them. Mm-hmm. They're going to get there first, drop them off, have them climb in the capsule, and then climb out. Mm-hmm. So, because you know they'll have the news crew and all that, you know, so they're going to yeah. drop them off. Well, what happens is. There, the uh, when it when the capsule starts to make its descent, the fire I forget what they call it, uh, fire shield or whatever that blocks the heat from coming inside uh, mm-hmm. the capsule on the reentry, uh, basically flies off, so the capsule disintegrates into. You know, into the atmosphere upon its arrival, wow. so now they're having to fake so now they have to turn the plane around it stop somewhere else and uh hold' them up because now they have to fake their deaths. that's crazy, yeah, <laughs> so then it's about their escape and then trying to get get out to get out to some city some sort and you know basically get a hold of their family. Get a hold of you know the media to let them know they're not dead. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a crazy adventure. It's fun to watch. It's it's a great film to watch. I I really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, so this is basically someone's dream of, let's see what, how can we take the conspiracy theory of Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon faked, or filmed the fake moon landing? How can we take that conspiracy theory and then turn it into a movie? Um, <laughs> and they did, and there you go here's your movie yeah um i don't like i didn't re- i hadn't seen most of the stuff i've seen sam watterson in has been within the last like 20 30 years from yeah. on you know Law and order in the newsroom um his daughter katherine watterson uh isn't was the one that was in uh, fantastic beast uh and where to find them and the second one was a crimes of Grindelwald or some nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. She was in those. And then she was in this HBO uh, limited series called the third day. I really like her as an actress. I think she's amazing. Um, I love Sam Waterson. I think not only is he good in uh, law and order, he's one of my favorite characters in the newsroom, um, which of course is one of my favorite TV shows. Um, he's one of the reasons why, but this movie I really enjoyed. I thought, uh, Really delivered on suspense. The acting was awesome. Um, James Brolin was great. Elliot Gould as the investigative reporter was really good, and uh, it really did a good job building suspense. And uh, the way they shot it um, was really well done too, especially during the scenes towards the end where they're trying to escape and and uh, gets to and try and get to uh, get some help. It was really well done. Um, yeah, I'm a fan, for sure. Um, so I'm going to keep trying to search out movies like this, because it really, because, uh, I mean, it's again, like I said, it's a hidden gem that I didn't know about because, well, I mean, it's, it's it came out when I was born. So right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an older movie. So I kind of, you know, stuff like that that I didn't watch when I was younger or, you know, wasn't exposed to, you know, I'm glad that I'm finding now <clears throat> and learning about them. <clears throat> excuse me getting all choked up about it <clears throat> so trailers man we got some uh interesting ones so well speaking of in speaking of uh crimes of the uh, the fantastic beast franchise did you see that um they cast uh mads mickelson to replace johnny depp as uh grindelwald no i hadn't read that <clears throat> yeah i think he's gonna be a good pick he kind of looks i mean they look similar yeah <clears throat> Mm. Yeah. which also reminded me of something so i don't know if you i thought it was honestly i thought it was a saturday night live like uh sketch mm-hmm. i don't know if you've seen this uh a new cologne ad it's called savage but johnny depp's in this commercial for this cologne i'm like wow this is some of his best acting in probably 30 years I it's seen just it. that's it. It's a thirty second commercial. I was like, wow, this has held my interest in more than anything he's done in pro in at least ten, if not fifteen years. Wow. And it's a thirty second commercial. I'm gonna post it. I'll have to post. It. I'm gonna find him and post it. I don't so care. Maybe people, it's saying, I I know maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I don't care. Black Mass was good, but that's seriously the last good thing I can remember him being in. Yeah.
1: I remember it's an old movie, Blow.
0: Yep, that was a great movie. Yeah, yeah in 20 um,
1: years. I mean, I know. I guess the pirates movies are hit or miss, but I, I liked him as that in that role. But you know.
0: Yeah, I liked them the first one, but even the second one. But man. Yeah, after that, it, you know, you just you start
1: seeing as money. is for money. It's like, yeah, we yeah. gotta we're making money off this. So we're just gonna keep churning
0: them out. <laughs> it's basically what they turned into. Yeah, it's just a money machine. It's not. Yeah. Let me see here. You know what? We've got time. Let's take a quick trip here. <clears throat> Let's see. Waiting for the Barbarians. Have not seen it. City of Lies with. Yep. Don't know about that one. Uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. Did not like it. I'll probably watch it a second time just to kind of get a better idea, but I did not like it. Prefer okay. the first one in which he was only in like the last two seconds of the movie uh the professor london Fields. oh there you go dior savage legend of the magic hour from 2018 so i guess that commercial is like two years old or maybe that was an older one i don't know but yeah uh sherlock gnomes not bad he played sherlock gnomes murder on the Orient Express. i did not like that movie did not like him in that movie <laughs> Not on a train, not on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and then pirates movies, the Alice through the Looking Glass, and all that. No, Oh, none of those. Yoga Hosers, I take that back. Okay, I did watch like him in Yoga Hosers, where he plays Guy Le, Guy Le Point or Guy Le Point. But it's small. And then Black Mass was twenty. Was five years ago. Mordecai? Nobody saw that. Into the Woods? I don't remember. Tusk? You play the same guy, Gia with points. Transcendence? Like, seriously, the Lone Ranger is Tonto? Yeah. Dark, Dark Shadows? To nope. That. Yeah, Dark <laughs> Shadows? Nope. <to> that. <laughs> uh, yeah, The Rum yep. Diary? No. Rango? The Tourist? Alice in Wonderland? Public Enemies? Yeah. Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, where he had a small role. Yeah. Sweeney Todd uh, had issues with that movie. And then more Pirates movies. Corpse Bride, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, nope. Finding Neverland, didn't watch it. Uh, Secret Window, hated that movie. That's definitely on one of those, like, there's not very movies that I just, like, I we like I get done watching and I'm just angry with. That movie I got done watching and I was just angry with because I figured it out. Because I legit figured out that movie in 20 minutes. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But see, we're getting... Then you get into the Pirates movies because 2003. And then before that, From Hell, which I still... Kind of a guilty pleasure. It's not super great, but it's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. And then Blow, and then Chocolat, Before Night Falls, Sleepy Hollow. Like it's get, yeah, it gets better, but basically not not, nothing super great since 2003 for me at least for me. Yeah,
1: I realized I hadn't watched a lot of his
0: movies, so yeah, yeah, so. Oh well. Um, moving on. <laughs> I didn't mean to go on that rant, but here we are. Um, so trailers coming out. Christmas day is going to be a busy day. Yeah. I mean, obviously because it's Christmas day, <clears throat> but also when you get done with presents and whenever you get. And, uh, and everything on Christmas day, Netflix is dropping the Sh- adventures of Shark shark boy and lava girl sequel. We can be heroes. Power yeah. comes in all sizes. Starting The Mandalorian, <laughs> Pedro Pascal, um, Priyanka Chopra, Taylor Dewey reprising her role as Lava Girl, and uh, Taylor Watner reprising, reprising his role as Shark Boy, Christopher McDonald, Christian Slater, Boyd Holbrook, um, Haley Reinhardt. yeah it's yeah it's it looks great i mean by great like a good it looks like movie. it's gonna be a decent sequel there we go considering what shark boy and lava girl was as it as, as it was Ooh. i think from the preview and everything it looks cute my kids will probably like it we will probably watch it no I'm, i know we'll watch it um and then also coming out on christmas day you have hbo max will be wonder woman so two movies in which pedro Pascal will be in because he plays uh, the villain which early reviews is showing that uh they knocked it out of the park with uh, wonder woman 84 so hopefully, hopefully this villain. early reviews is showing it so i mean i think any villain
1: be better than what we got for the first one that's the only thing that Brought that movie down. Like that movie yeah. was great until we had this
0: villain reveal. I was like, was uh. like, oh. Okay. oh,
1: CGI, yay! Yeah. Oh, so CGI yeah. battle at the end. Right, <laughs> they, they pulled a Marvel out on us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <they> executed <laughs> poorly.
0: Right. <laughs> um. Next, we have uh, the Marksman, which uh, is Liam Neeson's newest action movie. Um. Coming out January 21st, 2021. A rancher, a rancher on the Arizona border becomes the defender of a young Mexican boy desperately fleeing the cartel assassins who've pursued him into the U.S. So very much a very January movie. <laughs> um see next we have the dig. Starring Lily James, Carey Mulligan, Ray Fiennes, Johnny Flynn, Ben Chaplin. um, uh, Let's see, uh, it's an archeologist that embarks on the historically important excavation of Sutton Hoo, H-O-O, in 1938. So release date January 29th on Netflix. We'll see. And then uh, lastly, I don't remember if I covered this one last week or not, so we'll just do it again. The Mauritanian. Mor- there we go. Got it out. Uh, Jodie Foster coming back to acting after her retirement. That's uh, right. So it's about a detainee at the U.S. military's Guantanamo Bay detention center who is held without charges for over a decade and seeks help. From a defense attorney for his release coming out february 19th 2021 uh starring Shailene woodwood woodley benedict cumberbatch jody foster zachary levi uh tahar rahim let's see Corey johnson trying to see if there's anybody else Nobody would know yep that's about it so it looks interesting and that's it, man Oof. um for our listeners, the plan we'll just say we'll we'll just go with this uh the plan uh, as of right now is we are planning on recording another Christmas special um mainly because I've seen too many Christmas movies not to talk about. Already, and these are all going to be new movies that I've seen, not movies I have that we covered last year uh, for our Christmas special. And we'll have a special guest. I'll give it that. I wish she's, at least the guest is special to me. Uh, so, <laughs> so with that, um, so we'll we'll have that for you, and um, so have gives you something to look forward to, and. Maybe some ideas of Christmas movies that you either haven't watched, kind of give you some insight into, or maybe give you, um, you know, maybe uh, some suggestions if you're looking for something to watch this holiday season. So, there we go. All right. You got anything, buddy?
1: Mm, Not really, but I was just looking... Also, on Christmas Day, the movie Soul, I believe, is dropping oh, yeah. on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. So, so yeah, getting out Day. on the theaters and going straight to
0: <gasps> D Plus. Yep. Well, that's going to be good, too. And then, yeah. isn't Mobile on supposed to be dropping on Disney Plus this week? Like, which one? On? I think it's already on there. Well, isn't it supposed to be on Disney Plus where you don't have to pay, you know, do the premium thing? Yeah.
1: There? Yeah, I mean, it's on there for that. It should be on there. Because I was. On there recently, and I believe they have already dropped it to where you can watch
0: it without the $30 premium price. Yep.
1: Yeah, maybe. As long as you have Disney Plus, you can
0: watch it now. Okay. I'll, uh, I may check that one out, put my two cents in next week. All right. We'll give it a whirl. Yeah. Awesome. Um, as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate everybody's support. Uh, something that popped up on my uh, today was that a year ago today was when our our special episode with uh, Trish C. came out. So I was like, oh, can't believe it's already been a year. I mean, actually, it feels like, in in, in a way, it kind of feels like longer. Um, That was really special, and it's great that we've been able to kind of form a friendship from that. Um, So, uh, yeah, very excited. Um so yeah, if you haven't listened to that one, please check it out. We talk about Pitch Perfect Three, we talk about Step Up All In and uh some other things as well. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that. And uh as we encourage everybody and uh we all and uh enjoy our new outro that dropped that we started putting in last week. Yes. We put the two Hall kids and the one Terry kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We we uh yeah. we hus- we put them to work. <laughs> yeah, they they held it down very well. Yes. So we'll uh well at least we'll have some at least we we'll have some people to, h- to hand the reins over to at some point. <laughs> True. So, uh, probably grace Grayson New York. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah. Hear a door opening. You probably like, did you say my name? You were talking about me, so I know I heard you. Yeah just don't hear you when you talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. That's yeah, it works. I think it works with, kids, Child yeah. works with it, most kids. Just talk about yeah. talk Talk shit about them behind their back, and they hear everything. You talk to them straight to their face, and they didn't. Huh?
1: <laughs>
0: Selective hearing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, well, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. All right, man. Um... I guess I will talk to you for our Christmas holiday special and stuff. Alrighty. Sounds good. Alright, man.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us
0: to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast. And on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.